Since Craig Conroy has yet to clock in for the offseason, we're going to chit-chat and take a look around the league to see what's going on. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked on Flames. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I am your host, Jess Belmosto, and thank you so much for joining me as we continue to uh, make our way through the offseason here on Locked on Flames. Make sure that you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts, and of course, for free there and on YouTube as well. Got lots of great content uh, to keep you occupied. No thoughts, just, just content bunch of iPad kids here, really. <laughs> but today we are going to be talking about the end of an era, not just in Boston, but for really the entire NHL. We got some arbitration and LTIR updates uh, throughout the week, and I thought it'd be fun to bring back the losers and winners of the week segment, because who doesn't love some fun? And uh, so let's just jump right into it. I tweeted, uh, like, July, the week, last week, I said, hmm, Bergie's birthday is next week. Something to note, like, just something to think about. They wished him a happy birthday on socials, and, like, he didn't announce, and they didn't announce, announce an extension or a retirement. But then it happened when I was at work the next day. I didn't have my phone on me, and I came back and just saw everyone in the group chat crying and screaming because Patrice Bergeron, captain of the Boston Bruins, uh, retired. And it's not a Tom Brady retirement. You know, it's not like a, oh, I'm I'm coming back. Like, I'm so back. No. Uh, after 19 seasons, he is hanging it up. Six-time Selkie winner. They will be renaming the Selkie after him eventually. And it is just, what an unbelievable career. Obviously, he won the Cup back in 2011. So close to winning it in 2019 and 2013. Um, And of course, you know, this miracle of a season that they had, that Boston had uh, this just this past year. And what an unfortunate, you know, exit end to the season but Patrice Bergeron is one of those players that you look at even before he was named captain he just exemplified leadership everyone just you know was drawn to him the same way with uh like Zidane Chara, and I I would say kind of close to even Mark Giordano because they hold you know they, they're so well-respected, not only for their contributions on the ice, off the ice, and what they do for the locker room and for the community and, you know, how they treat the people around them. Because it's not just about, you know, shaking hands with your opponents, talking with the referee or the linesman, referee, whatever, during, you know, a, a challenge and whatnot. But Patrice Bergeron, I remember... Like two year, two or three years ago now, probably more than that, probably three or four. 
there was a Boston Globe reporter <laughs> that uh, tweeted a video of Bergie picking, like, bending down and picking up, like, pucks after practice. And he was doing, like, a rehab, like, skating on his own sort of thing. And people were just, like, you know, saying, wow, like, most guys don't do that. They just skate off. It's not their problem, blah, blah, blah. And then some people were like, oh, my God, he's doing the bare minimum. Congrats. But no, I think that, you know, you can easily walk away and say this is someone else's mess to clean up. I don't have to do it. I just have to. I did my part, participated in my skate alone before the guys get here. And now I'm going to go shower and do some stretching and go about my day. But uh, Patrice Bergeron is going to be sorely missed in the Bruins organization and throughout hockey as a whole. I mean, how many teams, you know, posted about the the mark that he left over the last 19 years and not just, you know, for in these recent years, but 19 years ago and just how many stars have, you know, arisen and fallen and come and gone since then that it is unbelievable and you know we talk about now how <laughs> crazy it is when kids come up and they're like yeah like I, I grew up idolizing Johnny Gaudreau Johnny Gaudreau was only like 28 years old Bergie's like 34 35 uh so it's just it's it's a little weird to think that how many players in the NHL have grown up like idolizing Patrice Bergeron and of course you know you, you can't talk about Patrice Bergeron without talking about 2013 game seven in round one right you what a comeback that you know I it meant so much for the city of Boston at the time and you know I just I think a lot about um you know what it meant to be a Bruins fan in 2013 and how the Red Sox and the Bruins just really brought this city together. Um, but he had that tie, the game time goal that obviously sent the game to overtime. And you have the, he scored the game winning goal. Yes, they lost on home ice for the first time. <laughs> game six against Chicago. But, you know, it, it's, you have to lose in order to win. Bergie won and then just lost. But, I think one of the most prolific things is that he had the Bruins locker room sit down and watch the Kyle Beach interview. Not to, you know, shame any, you know, shame the victim or anything like that or, you know, try to make an example out of him, but to know what to do, to learn from Chicago's mistakes. I can't even call them mistakes. Like that was a conscious effort to just sweep it all under the rug, but absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there were people that didn't talk about it, that didn't want to acknowledge what happened. And there were people that did acknowledge what happened and they said, Oh, well, you know, we don't need to talk about uh, Kyle beach anymore. He's not part of the team. And you know, that was 2011. It's 2020 something like we can move on. It's like, no, no. But I think that everyone, whether you are a youth hockey coach, 
a, a soccer player, um, a manager of a, you know, store, if you are someone that wants to be better and make people feel welcomed and, you know, like they have a space, you can learn a lot from Patrice Bergeron and it's going to be really weird without him. You know, the post-Chara era was just kind of immediately, you know, kind of shifted with Patrice Bergeron. And now you're just kind of, who's next? And before we move on, I do want to share this note uh, that Jay Fresh tweeted. From 2011, from the 2011-2012 season to 2022-2023 season, a span of 12 seasons, 1,941 Selkie Trophy ballots were submitted. 1,785 of them included Patrice Bergeron. That is 92% of the ballots. 937 of them had Bergie in first place. 48%. <laughs> I just, what a, what a, what a guy. One of the best, if not the best. No, he is the best. Uh, two way forwards to ever play the game. Just, oh my God. I absolutely love Bergy. And it's, it's going to be weird watching the Bruins without him. But coming up next, we are going to talk about Matt Murray and some Brad Tree Living uh, updates over in Toronto. And uh, we'll shift back to Boston to talk about some arbitration. And we'll go to Arizona to talk arbitration. And then we'll round out the show with winners and losers of the week. But let me talk to you and tell you about our friends at AG1. Our next partner, AG1, is something that I use, uh, I've incorporated into my life and have seen pretty good results. Uh, it's a daily foundational <laughs> nutrition nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. And I drink it because I just, I want to feel better. I want not to only feel better, but to actually be better. And AG1 is just, it's a simple scoop, one scoop in a cup of water every day, and it replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in uh, a one simple drinkable habit. You know, all you have to do is pour a scoop of the powder into a glass of water, mix it all up, and drink it. Um, it's really helped with my skin, my stomach, and, and really my, my brain. I feel like I'm a little sharper, really. But all great athletes have one thing in common, and that is that they are taking care of their body. And a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out. Thank you everyone for hanging out and sticking around here on Locked on Flames. I appreciate you. And if you're so kind, I would love to see some more five-star ratings and little reviews from y'all on uh, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to your shows, but let's let's talk about some, I guess, player reviews. 
uh, arbitration has to be one of like the most awkward parts of uh, being a general manager, I guess, because I, you know, it just like in day-to-day life for everyday human beings, your employer is always going to lowball you. Always. And you are going to set the bar high and say, no, you need to like pay me my worth. And arbitration, you know, luckily there's like a third party, a neutral third party here that can kind of be like, hey, you're, you're doing great work and you're, you deserve more, but not this number yet. And it, it has to be so awkward sitting there and watching teams like basically put on an argument why you aren't worth certain amount of money like that is so humiliating and today I was I was at work I should not have been on my phone absolutely should not have been on my phone but I saw the tweet that uh Jeremy Swayman uh his camp put in 4.8 million dollars and the Bruins came in at 2 million dollars I like sunk down in my chair because that is a significant amount and um, I believe once those numbers are submitted like you can't negotiate anymore so you you are quite literally going to have to uh, uh, lip sync for your life if you will um, and argue why you deserve more than two million dollars and I think that Ilya uh, Samsonov is the perfect example why he deserves more than two million dollars uh, Samsonov uh, just clocked in at $3.35 million and had around, uh, he was comparable, I guess. Um, obviously, you know, not, neither of them were, you know, Linus Allmark of the seasons, but both had comparable numbers and it, Swayman was a little bit better. So I think that any arbitrator is going to go into that situation and be like, you're out of your mind. Uh <laughs> For saying $2 million. And you're also out of your mind for saying $4.8 million. But it makes sense why the team always shoots higher. Or the player's agent always shoots higher. Because you want them to meet you in the middle. You want that arbitrator to actually think about it, right? And uh, Jack McBain for Arizona also went to arbitration. His figure wasn't as... um, uh, did bad, I would say. Uh, the team came in at two years, $1.2 million, and the player wants one year at $2.25 million. I, you know, I get it. I get why players want that one year deal, especially right before the cap increase. I, it makes sense. And we talk about it all the time, Mangiapani, and how uh, that will probably impact his decision on where he goes. But I, I just, can we just start paying people what they're worth? <gasps> like, it is absurd to me that Jalen Brown is making like $305 million after a horrendous, horrendous season. And that's like seven, his average or his annual average annual value is 76% of a team's uh, salary cap. I think it was Nick that did that math. So shout out to Nick. But that's absurd. Hockey needs to figure something out. Just get a little better. Uh, 
But on the like negative side of things, we do have to talk about LTIR. I hate, I always feel so icky when I have to talk about arbitration and LTIR. More so LTIR because I feel like it's it's unfo- it's such an unfortunate thing for players to be placed on. You know, we've seen uh, Nikita Kudrov get placed on it and, uh, you know, a, a swindling, right? We've seen Mark Stone get placed on it and a, a more swindling, but like you, it's allowed. It's allowed. And of course, you know, I believe Ben Bishop was on it as well. And his rights were just traded to Buffalo, I believe it was. Uh, And then he retired and then came back as a coach. But uh, Matt Murray, another goalie, obviously, in Toronto, uh, was placed on LTIR this week. And that stinks. We all knew it was coming, especially in an era where you really can't afford to buy people out. Sure. You might have that, you know, little wiggle room in cap space, but unfortunately every penny matters and buying someone out. Isn't really always the best, the best option. We saw it with, um, I believe it was Lucci's like two years ago, people were talking about it and it still would have cost the team like $5 million at the end of the day. So it's just like, no, um, but he is joining uh, Jake Muzzin on LTIR. I believe Muzzin has a significant back injury. And Brad Tree Living declined to comment on Murray's health when reached out by Sportsnet on Wednesday afternoon. He did just say that it's it's a private matter between, you know, for the player. And I get that. I think the least that you know, the least that teams can do is just respect a player's privacy. I think about that for a lot of situations, but mainly the ones where it pertains to their health and their wellness. Like when people were getting all up in arms about Spencer Knight being at like uh, a horse racing event and he, he hadn't been cleared to uh, rejoin the team and People were this one person on Twitter was like, why isn't he with the team? His team are, is in a Stanley Cup run and he's out here with Trevor Zegris and Cole Caulfield going to these things and just goofing around. He's a young kid. He clearly hasn't learned. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. Uh, there, there are standards and procedures for these things and those have to be followed. That's why they're there. And Spencer Knight is cleared to rejoin the team for activities and festivities, whatever, <laughs> whatever happens. But I just, I think a lot about how these players really don't have a lot of leverage. And if they can just keep things private and have the respect of privacy until they're ready to talk about it, it goes for really any celebrity, really, uh, then people should just listen and you know respect that but coming up next we are going to talk about the winners and losers of the week because this was like a staple segment back during the bubble playoff season and I thought it'd be fun to bring it back because it's summer and who doesn't love a little fun in the sun
thank you everyone for listening to Locked on Flames. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and drop a five-star rating and a nice little review on Apple Podcasts. I think (laughs) it is so fun to be just like a natural born hater because not only do you just like, I, I despise sports. Like it all started for me with sports. I hated like the Yankees growing up. I hated uh, mainly just the Yankees. I was trying to think the Canadians uh, because I grew up a Bruins fan Uh, Toronto Maple Leafs you know like you just have like these this visceral reaction (laughs) when your team plays these teams in the playoffs or in general and it's you know a true rivalry and it it kind of snowballed into other things in my life (laughs) and uh it has now turned into like pop culture sport more sports and just everyday life but my loser of the week. I have a few of them, actually. Uh, let's start with Craig Conroy for, uh, I don't know. Did he miss, is he sleeping? Did he go into early hibernation? Ha- have we seen him? Have, has anyone seen him around Calgary? Are there any signs of life? Do, do we know if he is still alive? Does he want to work? I know Kim Kardashian said nobody wants to work anymore. But Craig Conroy, you've spent enough time wanting this job that you you should want to work. Just saying, we we can make something happen. But my other loser of the week is Ariana Grande because um, the more that is coming out about this, uh, not just Ariana Grande, but uh, her Dr. Shrunk-looking boyfriend, I don't know his name, uh, absolutely mess of a situation. And I feel for uh, the wife that is postpartum like recently postpartum and is now having her marriage uh a drug drag through the public spotlight and yeah um don't cheat on your significant others and don't go after people that are in relationships especially if you're also married I don't know I don't know I, I just feel like that's common sense but um, common sense might be lost on us here in 2023. Let's flip the script and talk about winners of the week because on on the bright side, we still have baseball. I know, you know, people people either love or hate baseball. You're not really in the middle of, you know, the road uh, unless you're just like, you live in a market where it's like, oh yeah, like, let's go. It's a random like Thursday night and you know, I got tickets to a game. Uh, so we're going to talk about baseball. <laughs> Aaron Judge makes his return to the Yankees lineup, uh, hopefully tonight, if they don't get rained out in Baltimore. And that is very exciting for the Yankees because they have sorely missed him. Uh, no one, quite literally no one, stepped up to the plate while he was away. Uh, he still leads the team in home runs <laughs> after only playing 49 games. And we are uh, at the end of, we are basically at the trade deadline. So that is definitely uh, super interesting. And of course, how can I talk about winners of the week without mentioning Shohei Otani? What, what a man truly like, I want to see him and like Connor McDavid, like, 
have like a documentary and it doesn't have to be together but like i want a documentary where we're following shohei otani and like how does he prepare for his days pitching versus the days he's playing the field or designated hit or whatever he does and i i just would love to see that because there there has to be such like a different mental preparation for that and kind of the same thing like I'm sure with Connor McDavid, uh, unless, I, but I also feel like Connor McDavid would like treat every game like it's game seven. Or it could be a random February game, but I think Shohei Otani is so good for baseball. It is so fun <laughs> to basically log on to Twitter every night and see that he's hit a home run or he's struck out like 11 or 12 batters. You can just always count on something good. And that's how I kind of feel about Aaron Judge. You know, Aaron Judge is always, he's very good defensively. And I feel like that kind of gets overlooked because he is, uh, you know, a home run monster. But uh, with Aaron Judge coming back, working his way back into the lineup, does that mean Giancarlo Stanton is on his way out? Because those two can never remain healthy at the same time. <laughs> but those that's a question for uh, Lockdown Yankees. So thank you, everyone, for sticking around and uh, hanging out with me as we make it through another week of the offseason and uh, crawl closer and closer to uh, the preseason. Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts and, of course, on YouTube as well. Tell me who your winners and losers of the week are in the comments b- uh, below and subscribe, be kind, remember to wear sunscreen, drink water, um, a turn on two-factor authorization on your phone, and have a fantastic weekend.